are reflecting on these uh, different exit points from the cycle of uh, cycles of subjective limitation, cycles of birth and death, these cycles of addiction. The first exit point I was describing is dukkha itself, so link number 12 in that chain. When dukkha has already arisen, that becomes an exit point as dukkha gives rise to, to faith and then leads to wholesome qualities of concentration, insight. The second point of uh, exit relates to the second noble truth, the arising of tanha, craving. As link seven to eight, the link between feeling and craving. And further back down the chain, the third exit point I was describing is the non-arising of ignorance, the establishment of vijja, so back at link number one, or right at the beginning of link number one. Or once again, this is just one way of looking at these aspects of paticca samuppada, not some sort of ca categorical definition that has to be understood this way, but it's a, a means of reflecting on these processes. So the third exit point then relates to the third noble truth, dukkha niroda, the ending of dukkha or the non-arising of dukkha. So each of these is earlier along on the chain. Then a few years ago I was considering, so is there a, an exit point related to the fourth noble truth, that of the path, Magga? How can you go back before link number one? Does it work that way? How could it be? What other perspective can we have on this? And it occurred to me that there's a particular teaching about the, the origins or the, the source of avijja itself. And just as the, the Eightfold Path, the, the description of the Buddha about the path, the, the treatment for the, the spiritual disease of dukkha, it's about our intentions, our speech, our actions, the choices that we make, what, what we do. So it seemed that uh, you could reflect on this fourth noble truth, having a, a way of pointing to the, a fourth exit, a fourth means of escape from the cycle based upon not creating the causes for ignorance in the first place, not feeding ignorance. I find this a very helpful teaching to reflect upon. I 
talked about it in a number of uh, Dhamma, Dhamma reflections over the last few years because it's a I feel really well well worth taking to heart, to considering. Sutta number 61 in the Book of the Tens, the Anguttara Nikaya. One of the very few places in the suttas where the Buddha talks about the origins of avicca, the basis or the source of avicca. I think in the, uh, the sutta on right view, the Samaditi Sutta, I think he talks about the asava, the outflows, as being a uh, a cause of ignorance, but no more detail than that. But in this particular teaching, Sutta 61 of the Book of the Tens, he spells it out in great detail. He starts off by saying, you can't point to a, a moment where ignorance began. You can't say, before this point there was no ignorance, and then after this point it started. There's no first cause or beginning point for avijja can be seen. This is the first statement. It says, but still, avijja does have specific conditions that support it. It's idapachayata. It's caused it has supportive conditions that feed it, that nourish it. And he starts to go through this list. He says, so what are the immediate supportive conditions, the specific condition for avicca? This is the five hindrances, sense desire, ill will, restlessness, dullness, skeptical doubt. The five hindrances are the immediate fuel, cause, supportive conditions for ignorance. And then he says, and the, the five hindrances, they also have supportive conditions. And these are the three kinds of unwholesome action. Unwholesomeness, unskillfulness in speech, thought, and activity. In body, speech, and mind the three kinds of unskillful action. And those two have a specific cause or particular cause that which feeds them, fuels them. That is a lack of sense restraint, being unrestrained in the senses. What's called indriya samvara, restraint of the senses. So a lack of that feeds the three unskillful, unwholesome forms of action, body, speech, and mind. So indriya sangvara, restraint of the senses, that's a bit of an unusual term. So it's to do with not casually or impulsively feeding the senses by looking at whatever you want to look at, listening to whatever you want to listen to, just following the impulses of attraction and aversion through the eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, and mind. So to be restrained in the senses essentially means to be responsive rather than reactive. So if we're, uh, if we're reactive, we just compulsively 
just feed on things that we like and are interesting and we push away or blame, criticize things that we dislike. It's just living reactively. And the Buddha says that that lack of sense restraint also has a specific cause, specific fuel that conditions it. This is lack of mindfulness and clear comprehension or intuitive awareness, as Lumpur Sumaita would put it. Lack of sati sampajanya. That's what feeds reactive, compulsive activity, lack of sense restraint. And that also that has a specific cause or fuel that supports it. Lack of wise reflection. Ayoni so manasikara, unwise consideration. So, if the mind dwells upon things that you're fantasizing about, sexual desire, places to go, people that have irritated you, people you want to hurt or you're angry with, you're upset about, old wounds in your family life, Ayoni so manasikara, unwise reflection, speculating about what people think of you or what's going on in somebody else's mind. Ayoni so manasikara, unwise reflection. That too has a supportive cause, a condition that feeds it, that fuels it. That is a lack of faith, sadha. Following this chain along, the Buddha says also, yeah, lack of faith, that is also something that has a specific cause, a specific condition, that is not hearing the good Dhamma. Not hearing wise, helpful, liberating teachings. Sadhamma savana, hearing the good Dhamma. So if you don't spend time listening to the teachings or paying attention to wise, helpful, liberating teachings, then faith is not fueled, is not supported. And right at the very basis, what is the specific cause or support for not hearing the good Dhamma? Is not spending time with good people. Sapurisa Sangseva. Not drawing close to wise, wholesome, skillful people. Spending time with people who are filled with anger or selfishness, anxiety, attached to opinions, reactive, judgmental, behaving in unwholesome, unhelpful ways. So this whole causal chain the Buddha points to, and right at the very root is, who do you spend your time with? What do you choose to put your attention on? Like in the Mangala Sutta, Asevana Chabalanang, not to associate with fools, but to associate with the wise, this is the highest blessing. So then he says, just as the, when the rain falls upon the mountain and the, forms into little uh, uh, trickles and streams, and the streams fill up pools, the pools fill up the ponds, the ponds fill up the, the, the bigger streams, the rivers, and the rivers fill up the ocean. So ignorance is filled up 
by this whole causal chain of, of different qualities. But similarly, in the opposite direction, he says, true knowledge and liberation also have specific causes and specific supports. And then it's a very similar list. Uh, if you choose to spend time with good people, sapurisa sangseva, then that gives you opportunity to listen, to reflect, to hear the good Dhamma. Hearing the Dhamma then gives rise to faith. Faith gives rise to wise reflection. Wise reflection gives rise, feeds and supports mindfulness and clear comprehension. Satisampajanya. Satisampajanya feeds and supports uh, restraint in the senses, responsivity. That in turn fuels and supports wholesomeness in body, speech and mind. The three kinds of wholesome action. The three kinds of wholesome action, then they feed the four foundations of mindfulness. Or four foundations of mindfulness then feed and support the seven factors of enlightenment. And then the seven factors of enlightenment support and feed, nourish, true knowledge and liberation. I feel these are really important, helpful considerations to take to heart. This, what we can think of as the fourth exit point from the cycle is to deprive ignorance of its fuel, to not give it energy, to not create the conditions whereby the mind can be pulled, distracted, confused in those ways. Drawing close to good people, being thoughtful, discerning about how we spend our time. What do we talk about? Do we talk about the practice, about means of liberation? Do we talk about other people's personalities? Where are we going to go next? What we used to do in the past? The food we like? What do you think about the weather or the government? Be discerning. Be thoughtful, careful. These things don't happen by accident, just as the Buddha said, like the rain falling on the mountains. You know, the, this is the way that knowledge and liberation are filled up, just like the oceans are filled up by the, the rain that falls upon the hills and upon the land, forming into pools and streams and rivers. Our wholesome potentials are filled up by those small moment-by-moment -moment choices, day-by-day, hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute. How are we spending our time? What are we focusing on? Do we need to? Is this being helpful? Is this, is this liberating? So particularly during these last uh, 10 days or so of our winter retreat time, it's what we have on the schedule and the encouragement for, uh, say, seclusion, solitude, keeping silence where we can, use this opportunity. Develop a sense for what is beneficial, not in a kind of uh, neurotic or self-critical, judgmental way, but noticing how it works, 
What are the effects of putting your mind on things that excite and feed opinions and desires, feed longing and regretting, nostalgia? What's the effect of putting the attention on things which clarify, calm, free the heart? Notice the effects. Study that. Learn from that. Be guided by that. <laughs>